0: Imagine this. 2,000 years ago, before there were planes, trains, or automobiles, there was this woman and this man who were told that they had to go and register for taxes. Now, back then, taxes weren't a favorite of people any more than taxes are now. And so they just did what they had to do. And so The images that we have in our mind is that Joseph had gotten a donkey for for Mary to ride on. But scripture doesn't tell us that. So we're not sure if that's what happened. They may have walked the whole way because you have to remember they were poor. While Joseph was a carpenter, he wasn't building houses, he was building furniture. And Mary came from one of the poorest families there were. Well, they got there, and they found that there was no place for them to stay because, well, they weren't the only ones that had to show up to pay their taxes and to register. And so, as they had registered, they put together this last ditch effort to find a place to stay. And so they stayed in a stable. Now, in our minds, we think of the stables as looking something like this. But in all likelihood, if you were to go to Bethlehem today, you would find caves, many, many, many caves that are naturally found in the ground because it's an area that is full of limestone. And so the limestone usually kind of eats it gets eaten away, and it le- leaves this crevasse in the, in the ground. Or you might find the stable underneath of a house. That way you kept all of your belongings and property together. Now, if you were going to Bethlehem today, you would see that the houses are literally up against each other, and many of them are sharing the same walls. And if you were going there today, you would see that Bethlehem is actually in Palestine. It's not in Israel. And so in 2017, when I had the opportunity to go to Israel, we went to Bethlehem as well when we went to Palestine. And it happened to be on Orthodox Christmas Eve, which is on January 5th and the night before our epiphany which means the day that the wise men had come. And on that time period, we had to cross many checkpoints to be able to get in to Palestine. And of course, since they were celebrating at the Church of the Nativity, all these people, these pilgrims, had come to celebrate. And I kind of liken it to Mardi Gras. Not everybody is there to celebrate the coming of Lent. They're there for the party. And that's true today as well, because the Palestinian president was coming to mass. Now, this should sound odd to you, because the Palestinian president is Muslim, okay? But he was there to be seen. He was there for the party, Now, when you think about Mary having this child, there she was in a stable. We don't know if any women had come to help her, any midwives had come to help her. But nonetheless, if you've ever been in a barn, unless you do a lot of raking and cleaning, they're not the most, well, cleanest places to be. Even if you had cleaned all the manure that day, it's still not necessarily the cleanest place to be and the first bed for Jesus was in a manger. And so I'm sure that they were resting when out in the fields, these these shepherds who were tending their flocks, and the way that they tended their flocks at night is they either had stone corrals where they shoot all the sheep into, and then the Shepherd would lay across the doorway if he was to rest for the night. Why would he lay across the doorway? Because you would certainly feel a sheep trying to get out and walk across you, right? Or you would feel a predator trying to come in. But I will tell you out in the shepherd's fields, there's also all these little caves all over the place. So if you're fortunate enough to have a cave to shoo all of your, your sheep into... That's where they went, and you still, if you were a shepherd, laid across the doorway. That way the sheep wouldn't get out, and the predators wouldn't come in. Now, I want you to know something about these kinds of angels that come to share good news. They're not quiet. And they're, well, they would be scary for just a regular, normal human being. And if you were out in the middle of the dark, out in the middle of the night, just laying there listening to the sounds of your sheepies, maybe hearing a coyote out in the distance, and maybe you were close enough to another cave that you could talk to one of the other shepherds, that's all you would be hearing until this angel arrived. So every time an angel arrives, what do they say? Do not be afraid. Okay, well... I don't know about you, but I'm going to, like, be a little worried and wary about what's going on here, right? So the angel tells the shepherds that a baby has been born. He's the newborn king. He's the Lord. He's the Messiah. And that they are to go and worship him. Let me explain something about shepherds. They didn't have a shower out there. They didn't come in very often, and so they weren't bathing too often either. And if you were to think about the totem pole about people on where they rank between the king and uh, the bottom of the bottom, they're down below the bottom of the bottom. They're smelly, and they're uncivilized, if you will. I kind of like smelly people who are out in barns. I like to go out in the barn myself, but, you know, That's just the way things are. They were the lowest of the low. And God chose them to be the first ones to get the birth announcement. And so they listened. They listened to the heavenly host, this heavenly choir that came to sing. Wow. Could you imagine? Now let me tell you about Christmas Day in Bethlehem. The bells start tolling at midnight all over the city of Bethlehem. And I was laying there in the hotel in my bed, and I could hear the bells start. But it's not just like a carillon like we have in different steeples in different churches. No, no. They were tolling not just for 15 minutes, not just a half an hour, for hours. People were in the streets singing and dancing and playing recorders and instruments It was amazing. You see, they were giving glory to God for what God had done and is doing in our lives now. And that's what the shepherds did. They went to the stable and they saw the baby. And they told Mary what had happened. And she sat there and she pondered. You see, this glory is grace. This glory is grace that God had given to the shepherds. This glory is grace that, that Mary was sitting and pondering. And this glory is grace for you and for me. Because like I said to the, to the young ones a little bit ago, I don't know about you. Well, I do know because I'm one of you. I sin too. And I need the grace of our Lord. And so we will receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. All you need to do is to believe that's the good news folks and tonight we get to share in the good news we get to share in Holy Communion and remember that he had given himself for us a few years ago I was part of a cantata and we were having our final dress rehearsal And there was a quartet that was supposed to open for the cantata. And the only songs that they were singing were songs about Jesus' death and resurrection and what he meant for us. And the cantata we were getting ready to sing was for Christmas. And so the director was just having a canary over this. Well, I said to her, it's okay because you can't have one without the other. You see, that's why Jesus came into this world, to give each of us grace. He gave the gift of his life for our lives. That's good news. And so in this church, in the United Methodist Church, we practice an open table, which means everybody gets to be served communion. Everybody gets to be part of the body of Christ. All you have to do is live into that grace. That's the good news. So let us pray. Lord God, I thank you today for the good news of Jesus Christ, the most perfect and glorious gift that was ever given, for it is the gift of his grace and his love, and it endures forever and ever for each of us. We praise your holy name tonight, and we live into your kingdom today. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.